0: All right. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing. Pop Culturing for the X-Generation. What are we called?
1: We're called Generation X. Generation
0: X. x. Uh, we're doing uh, a movie called... The x Generation <laughs>
1: For the X-Men.
0: The X-Men. We're doing a movie called Almost Famous. And I know you don't like me to play trailers, but how about 50 seconds just right, to bring people back?
1: Go for it.
2: If you're going to be a true journalist, you cannot... Make friends with the rock stars. They're going to fly you places for free. you are going to meet girls. Oh, God, it's going to get ugly. I am telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. I know what's going on.
3: Your mom called! I have family members with severe anxiety problems. Hey, you want to go to a party with some good people looking to have a good time? Don't take drugs! Don't take drugs! Your mom kind of freaked me out. It's Bowie! Rock stars have kidnapped my son. I am a golden god. <laughs> when I
0: when I think of this movie I just, uh, the first thing I think of is the bus ride Tiny Dancer. Sure.
1: Well, it's the most iconic scene.
0: It is. They and just
1: were. They just used it in an American Idol commercial.
0: We watched it in Galena as a family. We sure did. And then the next day, it was on the- It was
1: during the Oscars. During the Oscars. So we watched it as a family, mm-hmm. and our girls were, uh, it was lukewarm for them. It was like- Probably the fourth or fifth time Todd and I had seen it. And so I said, gosh, that movie gets better and better. And the girls weren't super into it. And then the next day there was that American Idol commercial. And I was like, aren't you glad you saw that movie? Because Mm -hmm. that's like a cultural literacy thing. Like, where did that come from? Do you
0: really think they're glad?
1: no but i just felt like really righteous yeah justified. i was like i win justified yes we we won yes
0: as parents we just want to make sure we win
1: we just want to make sure that everything we do is right
0: why why did you want to do this movie my darling or how i think you chose it yeah i think so too and it's just because i wanted to watch it and i thought the girls would like it um so
1: why do you want to know why i liked it yeah okay so let's see. Well, where there, do we begin? Where do we begin? Like, there's so many parts of it. Like, first of all, um, what we talked about this time after watching it is I just realized how much of that music from the 70s influenced my life, and not in the way that musicians had it influence their life. I just mean it's such a reminder of my childhood. Yeah. And I grew up in the 70s, um, but it's interesting, I didn't get as into Led Zeppelin until probably the 80s. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, And so it's not as if I was right on time with all of it, but it seemed to be that was what classic rock was to us. And I love all the references, and I love um, the, you know, even at the beginning, just when William... The main character, who um, is supposed to be the Cameron Crow character, yeah, um, is flipping through the albums. We had so many of those albums, yes. Um, so they were just so familiar, and just the whole idea of an album and liner notes and looking at the pictures. Like, I there's a picture of me from my childhood where I'm sitting wearing huge earphones, just looking through albums. And it's something
0: our daughters, or if you have sons can't ever no. appreciate mm-hmm. like the way of the album has come and gone.
1: <coughs> Even though vinyl is kind of back and in vogue. I'm yeah, joking.
0: I guess on a on a sm- <laughs> on a smaller scale that's true, but the bottom line is most of these kids
1: It's not the norm. Pull
0: something up on iTunes. For they sure. want a song, they listen to that song.
1: I mean, do you remember how excited, or I don't know if you were excited about this, but when I would get an album mm-hmm. and it would open and the words to the songs were there. Yes. Like I used to go buy magazines called, I can't, I don't even remember what they were called. They sold them at the drugstore and they had lyrics mm-hmm. in them. And if an album I loved didn't have lyrics, I would go buy yeah. a magazine so I could get the lyrics. So you just felt like you were tapping into... The musicians' world, no doubt. Um, so, just that whole vibe. So, almost famous has. It feels very familiar, and it feels like we're getting behind-the-scenes information about something we loved.
0: I just googled best-selling albums of all time. Okay. Uh, I'll start with number five. Okay. Um, sorry, my my computer isn't isn't cooperating.
1: While you're doing that, yeah. can I set the, the stage for this movie? Please do. So Almost Famous was written and directed by Cameron Crowe. It is based on his life experience, kind of a, um, what's it called? <clears throat> what's that word that's used in parenthood? A, amalgam? An amalgam, meaning that there's a lot of different pieces that he pulled together, and it's not a straightforward, like, identical story to his experience. Right. Um, but it is mostly about his life, including his mother and his sister, who were not on speaking terms. And Francis McDormand is You've been doing your research, mother. sweetie. Yes, yes. I'm impressed. Yes. And so, and Zoe De, uh, Zoe Deschanel plays his sister, mm-hmm. and... So it's his kind of it's his his experience of being a writer for Rolling Stone magazine and doing that at a super young age. Here we go. Okay.
0: Um, Number 10. Where's my drum roll? Number 10. Number 10. Oh, my gosh.
1: Todd's the producer.
0: Not a very good one right now. Do you want me to
1: keep going? No, no. Okay.
0: 608. I just got to make sure I delete this. Uh, I only have the top eight. Garth Brooks, Double Live. So it doesn't really count because it's a live album. Okay. Number seven, ACDC, Back in Black.
1: That sounds right. I bet Peter Frampton's on there, right?
0: Uh, No. Oh. Number six, Pink Floyd's The Wall.
1: I would believe that. One of my two
0: favorites. Yeah. Number five, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 4, which we talked- The most famous one. Which we talked about last time on Fast Times.
1: Correct. The Fast Times I kind of had a- Stop there for one second. Sure. I kind of had a thought about- Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a Cameron Crowe movie, too. Mm-hmm. He didn't direct it, but he wrote the book yeah. that became the movie. And he was able to get cashmere mm-hmm. in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And he was able to get some Led Zeppelin songs in this movie, He
0: was, too. and we'll tell some stories about okay, that. Okay, go ahead. Number four, Billy Joel, Greatest Hits, Volume 1 and yeah, 2. uh-huh. And that kind Everybody of doesn't count because it's Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. Eagles, Hotel California. Okay. Number two, Michael Jackson, Thriller. Sure. And last and first of all time, Eagles, Greatest Greatest Hits.
1: Eagles have two out of the top 3. I know that album cover. It's the blue. It's blue mm-hmm. and it has the the head, right?
0: Uh, that sounds right. I just th- didn't think of the Eagles as having two of the top 3 selling things of all time. Wow,
1: that's huge. Well, <clears throat> I I hate to like jump into this movie's research, just but jump. you know what I I'm going to say, right? I don't. That Russell is based on Glenn Fry. See, I think I have different information. Well, there is much information about yeah. Almost Famous and some of it's conflictual. Yeah. But I just read something that Cameron Crowe wrote. Interesting. And he said that it was based all right. on.
0: I'll buy that. Yeah. I heard it. The Allman Brothers have something to do well, with it.
1: Well, they do. The Allman Brothers was the band he followed. Yeah. But there's no like, he wasn't like Russell is Greg. Yes. And it was a little more ambiguous Glenn than Fry. that. And that he met Glenn, Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry,
0: who was in Jerry Maguire. He
1: was. Do you see all which these we've interconnections? we've
0: done on pop culturing as well. We've
1: done a lot. Of and we did say anything. Yes. We must like Cameron Crowe
0: Although he did Vanilla Sky, which I've never seen, but I heard it's horrible. Correct.
1: I it, that's not one Every I, now and
0: again somebody just doesn't do well. And I guess he didn't do well on that
1: one. Yeah. It's still it had Tom Cruise um, in it. The last
0: thing just about the albums, like I don't there was like the albums used to be statements. Like you like rumors by Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. um Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall. Mm-hmm. Like but I feel like that is like a story that is now lost in music.
1: For sure. Because it's all about the single.
0: Yeah. It's all about the single.
1: Now, there are some musicians who are big enough that they tell a story. Mm -hmm. Um, T. Swizzle. Yeah, uh, Taylor Swift does that, meaning that it's usually she has, as most musicians do, a reason for why she puts them in the order that they're in. And if you listen to them in order, there's a progression. Um, And I think there's probably a lot of musicians who try to do that. But the single wins, yes, because it's iTunes. It's so now.
0: indicative of our culture, too, right? It is. Just give me the song,
1: exactly. Don't give me the album, exactly.
0: Um, I didn't. Whenever we do a new movie or do a movie that I have to research, there's always some surprises. Despite being nominated for four Oscars, the movie failed to break even.
1: I know financially at the box office. Correct. I mean, I know.
0: Maybe it made money back on the DVDs or the VHSs or something like that. I
1: think that's crazy, except Todd. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about this movie this for was, a second.
0: This was in 2000, by the way.
1: So 19 years ago. No, yeah. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So I liked this movie. And like I said, the more I've seen it, I like it better. I It's more... Why? Um, <laughs> Uh, appreciation of the characters maybe I don't have to follow the story as closely and I can just notice the details of the filmmaking and I'm and that sounds like I'm like way into filmmaking I'm not what I mean is like he does a lot of close-ups he does a lot of like eye contact stuff you really if you follow people's eyes it's super interesting who is
0: your favorite person to watch in this movie Russell see it's not for me
1: you love William no, it's not even William. Who is it? It's
0: either Jason Lee's Jason character, Lee.
1: Jeff Beebe. Is I think he's name. hilarious. He's great, and he is I think, like the truth teller of yes, the movie for sure. um, I love Jason Lee too, and I think the way that I feel about him in this movie is an example of how we're supposed to feel about their band, right, meaning he's super interesting. He's a great singer, but Russell steals the spotlight
0: yeah, this is uh this I'm jumping around, so I'm okay. gonna play different clips at different times. But this is the end of the movie, in the airplane, or towards the end. You're going to the end already? Yeah, we're just going to jump around. Because okay. if we have to do it from beginning to end, it'll be weird. So okay. this is the end when the car is going, or the car, the airplane is going down, and they're all kind of have no filters, and they're just talking. Yeah. They're screaming at each other. Me,
3: dead. Don't be self-righteous, Russell. Not now, man. You were sleeping with Penny. That fucking groupie. Last summer up until yesterday. Why did you tell Leslie that? I quit! I'm going to kill you! I quit! That groupie?
2: She was a band-aid. All she did was love your band. And
1: you all used her. All of you.
0: There's William. You all used her. Stepping into his warrior. Big time. And he's a truth teller in that scene also.
1: In that scene. Yes. That's like his breaking point because he's standing up for somebody else. Because he has a hard time in the movie standing up for himself. And... He's fifteen, right? So of course he's going to have a hard time in that situation. How about the mom
0: lying to him about his age? Twice. Frances McDormand's character
1: is she's she's a sketchy little parent. There. She's interesting. Yeah. Good intentioned. Always. Um, but interesting, and again, that was based on his mother. Yes. Just the fact that she didn't want them to listen to music because they, she felt it would rot their brain.
0: In 2000, Cameron Crowe revealed to Rolling Stone that he and his sister Cindy, that's Zoe De Chanel's character, had a falling out after their dad died in 1989 yeah. and that his sister and mom had been estranged since then. Yeah. After my dad died, the chemistry of my family got all fucked up. And in my wildest dreams, I hope the movie helps my mom and sister communicate. They talk through me now. Wow, it's awful. Uh, but three and a half weeks ago, our family got together. The one fake scene in the movie, the reconciliation at the end, actually happened in its own weird way.
1: That's one of my favorite beautiful. scenes. Beautiful. Yeah. It, it is because they're true to their characters. Because do you have that scene
0: when she says, "I'm sorry"? She,
1: and, no, she doesn't say, "I'm sorry." She says, "I forgive I you." I forgive you. And that's Anita, right. who that's her name in the movie, says, "I didn't." She says, "I didn't say sorry." Right. But and, then they laugh.
0: So they're about to embrace in a very awkward hug.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgive you. <laughs>
1: I didn't apologize.
0: <laughs> Glad they could have a laugh about it.
1: Well, they're being true they're, they're they're they yeah. are who they they're are, still, and they are they're not they gonna change. Yeah. I think there's an acceptance in that moment. Right
0: um so yeah so my two favorites are jason lee i okay. just think he's hilarious okay. when they leave him
1: <laughs> he's and he's like, in the
0: bathroom don't worry don't worry i'm just the lead singer only
1: the lead singer
0: actually i think he says the lead fucking singer yeah i think which he is does funny too. and then um lester banks
1: yeah he's great and then you read that trivia about that he was sick
0: yes filming.
1: he had the flu which is perfect because he feels like he has the flu, yes, like the way that so Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Lester banks, who's a real person, yes, yes, okay, um, and he is constantly like kind of annoyed and kind of chromogeny, yeah, and he. Having the flu is a perfect way to be. Mm-hmm. And he, I bet he filmed all those scenes and I did, I did not read this, but it seems like he probably could have done that in one day.
0: I know. He was awesome. So yeah. those are my two. So you liked Russell the best.
1: Well, Russell's the most interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. He, I mean, that's Russell is the reason I watched that movie. And Billy Crudup is um, great in that movie.
0: And should we talk about Kate Hudson?
1: Well, let's say this first okay. that Russell when Cameron Crowe wrote it, he wrote it for Brad Pitt. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt, so I heard conflicting things or read conflicting things and he never really started filming. Oh, really? He read it and because the character hadn't been, as in most screenplays, hadn't been fully developed yet, he Mm -hmm. didn't want to commit.
0: Says Cameron Crowe revealed, and here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, that after Brad Pitt dropped out of the movie, the casting of Russell Hammond came down to Christian Bale and Billy Crudup with the latter ultimately getting the
1: role. A Christian Bale could have done it, of course, because he can do everything. But I'm glad that Billy Crudup got it. Yeah, he was great. Um, and we just watched, well, kind of watched Ford versus Ferrari last night yeah. with Christian Bale. How come we didn't finish it? <laughs> I fell asleep. But not because it was boring, everybody. No, no. I was just tired.
0: You were, you were dog tired. I'd had a
1: piece of cake and a glass of wine. And that's <laughs> I all like, it takes. Good night.
0: <laughs> Good night. See ya. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, so Kate Hudson.
1: Oh, so the one of the most disturbing aspects of this movie yes do you go ahead you go ahead well and i remember this from the first time i saw it yeah do you have that scene
0: um when which part
1: when their first meeting and she's like me too yeah
0: first a thing from jason lee
3: and fuck you if you can't understand me and one of these people is gonna save the world And that means that rock and roll can save the world, all of us together. And the chicks are great.
0: And the chicks are great. what it all
3: comes down to
0: is that thing.
1: (laughs) He gets so mad about that part. He goes, and the chicks are great? Yeah. I never said that. I never said that.
0: Uh, I think this is the part.
1: Okay. How old are you?
2: 18. Me too. How old are we really? 17. Me too. Actually, I'm 16. Me too. Isn't it funny? The truth just sounds
1: different.
0: I'm 15. So Penny is 16.
1: 16. And there is a scene. And this is
0: the second year that they she's yes. been on tour with them.
1: Russell gives William a message to tell Penny that California is not the same without her. And that they want, basically, I want it to be like last summer, mm-hmm. which means that Russell and Penny hooked up when she was 15.
0: Yeah. How much you like Russell now, sweetie? Well,
1: and that's, this is the complex part of this, you know. It's so interesting because this is, this movie is very true to life and that that's kind of what can happen For sure. backstage, well, you know. Well, and
0: what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays the piano.
1: Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah. What did he do? I think he married his 13-year-old cousin. (laughs) Well, and Loretta Lynn, this is different. We're, like, going into totally different time. We're not talking about the 70s anymore. But Loretta Lynn Mm -hmm. married Doolittle at 13, and that doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying that— Thirteen. Thirteen. Skylar's 12. I know. I just can't even talk about it. It's just—I can't even deal with it. But I guess my point is, is that they— Okay, let me just take it off this movie for a second, you know, um, I used to work at the Runaway Switchboard. Remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> that call, we called it a switchboard is so interesting. Yeah. But so I used to have a lot of statistics about runaways, and the, you know, the typical girl, the, the most common runaway name was Amber. Really? Yes, of a girl. Hmm. Um, it just statistical information, yeah. and then also that she was fifteen. Wow. So it's not surprising. Where's Penny's parents? Well, that's the thing. It's not a lot of these girls. This is their life. They live. But with she the band. eventually goes home and she's in the home. This is the confusing part. Yeah. What home. And they talk about the fact
0: they live in the same that town they live together. in
1: Michigan together. No, yeah. San Diego. Oh, San Diego. San Diego.
0: Yeah. I think I think William is from California. Right. Palm Why trees? did I
1: think he lived in Michigan? I
0: don't know. I don't think it's Michigan.
1: Okay, you're, I'm sure you're right. So
0: Kate Hudson does a wonderful job, and I want to play his clip on Howard Stern when she talks to him about playing this role.
1: Okay.
2: Almost Famous was such a good movie. You had to audition for that, I assume.
1: Yeah, like four times.
2: And tons of people wanted that.
1: Yeah, I remember, I'll never forget that phone call because I was supposed to play a different role. I was supposed to play the sister.
2: Not Penny Lane.
1: And Cameron didn't want me to audition. Why? Because so, he just saw me as the sister. Right.
2: And I just said, look, I'm... And then everybody fell out of the movie. Because at the time, I got the sister. It was Brad Pitt and Sarah Paul, Really? But oh, it must I be was, huge. I like stuck in there... You, and I you? was turning down other parts uh-huh. and things and Cameron, and I said, just please,
1: I'm going to be in the movie, but just please let me audition for Why, Penny because
2: you sensed that it would Lane. be a big commercial success?
1: No, I just love Cameron Crowe. Right. Lo-
2: there you go.
0: So who did she say?
1: Brad Pitt and who? S- Sarah Polly. Who's that? She is an actress that was kind of big in the '90s, and she's a filmmaker. Mm. She made some really good movies. All right. Um, And by the way, you're right. It was San Diego. Mm, okay. You were right. Why did I think Michigan? I must have been in a midwestern. You're thinking of mindset. American
0: Pie, sweetie.
1: I don't. That, I wouldn't have known that either. Yeah. But so yes. Yeah, so Kate Hudson, who finally got that role. Yep. Um, she ended up uh, getting nominated for an Academy Award oh she did oh yeah and it was such a huge deal because her mom Goldie Hahn had won an Academy Award for her first film performance and it was like a certain number of years later like 20 years later or 30 years so it was just destined yeah because I think Kate got the Golden Globe Kate got the SAG she did not get the Academy Award
0: yeah so she got disappointed she
1: she did and uh, who, who got it? Do you remember? I
0: don't know. I can try to who find out. Who beat... You look that up. Kate I'm going to play Cameron Crowe's Huxley. Oscar uh, acceptance speech.
1: Okay, go ahead.
2: Oh, man. Um, the movie was a love letter to music and to my family. Uh, so I dedicate this to all the musicians who inspire us and uh, to my family, Alice Crowe, Cindy Weber and uh, Nancy Wilson, my incredible wife and collaborator. Um, thanks. Thank you, DreamWorks.
0: Yeah, his incredible wife that he divorced.
1: Well, maybe it was mutual. Well, we shouldn't that she be. she divorced. They- divorced together. They divorced together. Maybe other. they consciously uncoupled <clears throat> for all we know. Would you find out? Um, I'm still looking for oh, it. Okay. Um, but but she did win the Golden Globe and she was nominated for the Academy Award, but I don't know who beat her that yeah, year. she was really good. So and Interesting about Nancy Wilson, who is a big – she has a big presence on all of Cameron Crowe's older movies. Um, But in this – for this movie, they wrote Stillwater's songs together, Cameron Crowe and Nancy Wilson. So they wrote Fever Dog. Wow. I know.
0: All right. I I didn't know know that. Uh, Okay. So where do we want to go?
1: Okay. So let's talk about – william for a second and let's make sure that we understand his character and like all the influences so he's cameron crowe he wrote for rolling stone like you said he was supposed to be he based it off of mostly off following um the eagles the, oh they all said brothers. allman brothers right. yeah but glenn fry was based on Rus- russell russell was based got on it, glenn fry it, it. but again whatever you it's read is different. and he like penny lane is supposedly based on bb buell who is Liv Tyler's mom, mm-hmm. she was married to Steven Tyler okay, um, and was a groupie, or she didn't call herself that. Um, she didn't call herself a band-aid either. She called herself something else. But she looked at it as a lifestyle as mm-hmm. well. That's why he named Jeff in the movie Jeff Beebe. Okay. was after her. I didn't know that. Um. So, and I also read something that he based... He had read... uh, B.B. Buell was one person that he based it on, but Pamela DeBar was... Do you remember that book? I remember reading it probably 20 years ago. Pamela DeBar was, like, kind of a famous groupie, so she had Mm. all this, like, background Mm. knowledge. Like, she had been with Mick Jagger. Some dirt? She had a lot of dirt, and she wrote a book. Um, And so he kind of based it on her, too. Um, So, yeah. Now, you and I disagree a little bit. Do you think... William, the guy who played William Patrick
0: um, Fugit, yeah, that sounds right. He's a good actor. No, he's not a good actor.
1: I didn't think so either.
0: No, he's not. But I still liked him in the movie, Patrick Fugit. That's right.
1: So he, I kind of remember the first time watching this movie and thinking.
0: Cameron Crowe later admitted that Patrick Fugit was the worst singer in the Tiny Dancer sequence. His warblings were turned down in post-production so not to distract from what is a very special movie moment (laughs) he's not a good singer either
1: he's not a good singer either he he was very he he nailed being earnest and young yes but there were some scenes that it was like really i'm
0: sure he was like how what am i doing here
1: right like how am i the lead of a cameron crowe movie
0: yes um, with Russell um, Russell Hammond, with Billy Crudup and Kate Hudson and yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, I know. Wow, like that's like a nightmare. Like that's like a nightmare. You wake up. Like okay, it's your turn to act, and you got to square off with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, awful.
1: That's rough. That's rough. So yeah, he was he was a little challenging in the movie for me. Um, but he, but you know, fine. And so, and the and his mother who Frances McDormand plays. She nailed it. She's wonderful. And actually, that's the way that we got at least my oldest daughter, J.C., to watch the movie because she loves Francis McDormand.
0: She just likes her kind of zany Her speeches. energy, yeah. yeah her, or
1: just that she's tough. Yeah. She's like... She's a tough cookie. She's smart. And this was Zoe Deschanel in a very non-funny yeah. role. Even, I mean, obviously, there's was She wasn't funny bonus.
0: until New Girl came around, was I, she? Well... She wasn't funny in um, Elf.
1: Or in 500 Days of Summer. Do you remember that movie? She was
0: good in that. I don't remember her being terribly funny, though.
1: I know. her. So anybody who watches New Girl, she plays Jess. Jess is like, I bet that's closer to who she is.
0: I think so, too. Don't you think? And do you know that is our middle daughter's favorite TV character of all time?
1: I know. She identifies with Jess a lot.
0: She's hilarious.
1: She likes her quirkiness For a lot. For those of you
0: guys who haven't seen New Girl it's certainly worth rewatching on Hulu or Netflix or wherever you can find it.
1: So, I want to bring up kind of a, a, a tropey thing <clears throat> What's in the movie. Mean? Trope is like something that gets reused over and over okay. and over again. And I want to get your take on this. So, this is a little more about Penny Lane. Okay. okay? So, do, have you ever heard of manic? Pixie Dream Girl. Have you ever heard anyone refer to that?
0: It rings a bell, but I don't know why.
1: So basically, what it is, and, and the reason why I thought this was interesting is this has been coming into my, you know, when you read things and just people use it and sure. you kind of, kind of scroll over it or whatever, but then you're like, okay, I have to figure out what this means. Magic. Manic. Manic. Pixie. Pixie. Dream Girl. And it's a very, it's like a stock character. Okay. That's in films. And it was, let's see, it was coined. So it was coined based on. Kirsten Dunst's character in Elizabeth Town, hmm. which might be a Cameron Crowe movie.
0: Don't know. Diddly I think Squad I think it might that. be.
1: So it's set. I just have to check that really quick because if it is, how interesting! Yeah, it's a Cameron Crowe movie. How oh. funny! So I did not know that. We should just
0: call this Cameron Crowe's pop culture.
1: I know. So. Basically, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl exists solely in the fevered imaginations. This is in quotes. That's Mm -hmm. why I would never say fevered normally. Exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. And Manic Pixie Dream Girls are said to help these men without pursuing their own happiness, which means they never grow up or thrive, but the men... You know, so the men get the benefit of these like quirky women, okay, but the women have no like interior lives of their own, right? So, like, the first person I thought of, and she's not on this list, was along came Polly. Do you remember, you remember in that movie that's like Jennifer Aniston's yeah. character? Yeah, she's there's this whole list of all these manic pixie dream girls, oh, and she's not there, but that's like the first person I thought of because she's like quirky mm-hmm. and weird and kind of doesn't you'd never lose that in Almost Famous, uh. She, um, Kate Hudson. Oh, it's Kate Hudson. And I guess that there is like a battle about that. Like Kate Hudson doesn't really think that's what she is, that Uh she believes she does have an interior world. Got it, sure. That she really does have a a bit of an arc. You mean her character? Yeah. 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 And I think she kind of does. Just the fact that she goes to Morocco.
0: There was some learning. Oh, for sure. Some learning going on. She was hopelessly in love with this guy who was really inaccessible. Yeah. Yeah. And then she... Either deliberately or indeliberately, almost killed herself. Yeah. Um, Quailudes. She got saved by William. Yeah. Who's kind of our hero yes. in this movie.
1: Yes. And then she ends up going to Morocco. Now, that last scene where she's on the plane. Yeah. And then she puts her hand up to the window mm-hmm. and it's almost like she has a realization. What do you think she's thinking? Mm, I don't know. Well, she, th- there's a pretty significant realization she has while sitting there, don't you think? Don't you think acting wise, she like. I
0: don't know. I got to see it again. I don't remember thinking about it when I saw it.
1: So at first she's sitting in the plane. Yeah. And she starts doing her whole like, you know, put out extinguish your cigarettes thing yeah. that she's memorized. Right. And then she like stops and like turns to the window and puts her hand on the window and William. I think she's
0: just saying goodbye.
1: But do you think, do you think.
0: I, you could be right. Do you right. think she
1: loves him? Not like she, they're going to end up together because their lives are too different. Right. But do you think she has like a realization of, I don't know. I just thought that moment was and supposed to And maybe that's be one of those meaningful.
0: things where Cameron Crowe doesn't want you to know anything. You play with it in your brain. Because William loves her. For sure. Yeah. Boldly go where many men have gone before. Where
1: many men. Now that's an interesting scene, isn't it?
0: Uh. Not much consent going on. Correct. So yeah, so there's a scene when she's all jacked up on quaaludes. Uh-huh. And he kisses her. And she's passed out. And she's passed out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. We can't like say, oh, this is 16 candles from 1985. This was 2000. Yeah. Now it's 20 years ago.
1: And it's William and, you know, there's a safety in it, but Mm -hmm. there's still, she's still passed out.
0: Newsflash. Don't kiss girls or boys
1: when they're passed when out. When they're passed out. <laughs> right.
0: We're doing a sex ed talk at a right. conference in a few weeks. Yeah. We should put that on the PowerPoint.
1: <laughs> even though we love William, it still wasn't a good choice.
0: And why Sweetie loves Russell Hammond, even though he's a statutory rapist.
1: Right. And this is this is why it gets confusing. So do you want me to tell you a few other manic pixie dream girls? Sure. Um oh, this is for sure uh, garden State Natalie portman yeah oh, i don't remember that movie um now, interesting Goldie Hawn cactus Flower, and she won the academy award for that she's they consider her one um Melanie Griffith and something wild <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker in l a story yeah. she's hilarious yeah, in she that movie hilarious. um let's see if there's any other it, Zoe de Chanel and yes man hmm. um Anne Hathaway in love and love other drugs hmm. um and then a few others that, that you know, mm. but basically it is a trope. Yeah. And I just thought that that was kind of interesting because, yeah. um, and I think I disagree. I think that, I think Penny Lane. She has an arc. Has an arc. She has a soul. And she has an inner, she, she's the one who makes the decision. Russell calls her and yeah. says, I want to talk this through. Let's, she puts these two together. Let's say the things we never said. Yeah. And she's like, she gives him a different address. I know.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, here's a few highlights on Lester Banks.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
2: Give me the guess who. Come on, they got the courage to be drunken buffoons, which makes them poetic. It's quite an honor to have the world's greatest rock critic yes? and editor of Cream Magazine no. back home in San Diego for a few days, Lester Banks. Live American woman. Happy.
0: Have- yeah, there's. I mean, that's not you the You missed best. the
1: best part, which best part. is where he says, Jim Morrison, he's a drunken buffoon. I know. Todd loves Jim Morrison. I do. Ah, accomplished. You see, this
2: is fatuous,
1: pseudo-blubber,
2: you know, I mean, which is fine, but voiced it off as art, you know, or The Doors, uh, Jim Morrison, he's a drunken buffoon,
1: posing as a poet. <laughs> I, like uh, I, I like The Doors.
0: I like too. The Doors, I like The
1: Doors. Um, Sweetie, give us some Jim Morrison Give us the top hat Fat cat
0: in a top hat Sucking on a young man's blood Wishing he could come Things he can kill and slaughter Things he can kill my daughter That's that's romantic That's the intro to break on through On one of their live albums Um, A few more moments of Lester Banks Because I think he's so awesome Make
2: friends with the rock stars Okay. Fine. If you're gonna be a true journalist, you know, a rock journalist, the first you never get paid much, but you will get free records from the record company. There's fucking nothing about you that is controversial, man. God, it's gonna get ugly, man. They're gonna buy you drinks. You're going to meet girls. They're going to try to fly you places for free, offer you drugs. And I know it sounds great, but these people are not your friends. You know, These are people who want you to write sanctimonious stories about the genius of rock stars, and they will ruin rock and roll and strangle everything we love about it. You know, Because they're trying to buy respectability for a form that is gloriously and righteously dumb. He has good speeches.
1: He does. He's got the best... But he's the... He's the wise one. He is. He's got the wisdom. He's got the wisdom. He has the good un- uncool quote.
0: The real life Lester Bangs died of a drug overdose at a mm. fairly young age. Eerily, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who portrays him in this film, would, re- would later die of a drug overdose as well.
1: He did. He yeah. did. What's the, what's the quote that he has? The one about being uncool? The only true currency in this bankrupt world mm. is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Yeah. Like there's... That's a that's deep, man. Yeah, it's that's got pretty a lo- good. Got a lot of levels.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Where else do you want to go?
1: Um, well, let's talk about probably my favorite scene. The one that I get most excited about watching is when the band has a big fight. Yes. Because let's just set the scene for this. That. Um, Billy Crudup, who is Russell Hammond, he is the best musician, and he believes that he is better than everybody in the band, and he is. obviously is because everybody thinks of him that way. And there, they have this T-shirt printed, and on the T-shirt, Russell is like you can see faded him, out. You can Russell, you can see, yeah, but everybody else behind him is faded out, right? So, Jeff. You know, Jason Lee, who plays Jeff, says, this says everything, right? Mm-hmm. We're nothing, you're everything. They get into a big fight. So um, Russell decides to go. He says, I just got to go do things. I only want to do things that are real. Mm-hmm. So he ends up going to a party, like a high school party. Yes. And it's probably my favorite scene of the movie, besides yeah. the tiny dancer scene.
0: All, if you think about it, all the good scenes happen at the parties. Like if we talk about Say Anything.
1: Yeah. Like the that's best one scene of, best of that scenes. movie yeah.
0: is at the party and the same goes for that one. He just wants everything that's there's, real.
1: There's a lot of personalities in it and there's yeah. a lot of like funny, like people think they're so wise at parties, like deep talks mm-hmm. and, um, and of course, you know, the scene where he ends up at, on the top of the, um, roof.
0: Yes. Um, we're going to get to that. I'm going to okay. play a little bit of this first.
3: Because I can see by your face, you want to get into it. How can you tell? I'm just one of the out of focus guys. Here. Take
0: it.
3: Let's take a good look at it. All right. See, you love this T-shirt. It lets you say everything you want to say. Well, it speaks pretty loudly to it's me. It's a T-shirt.
2: Do you give a shit about a T-shirt? I'm just hungry, man. Let's just
0: go out and find some barbecue or something. Look, I'm. How's that for solving problems? Let's just get some barbecue and everything will be fine.
1: I know. He's funny. Is he? The, he's not the drummer, is he? No, he's the guitarist. He's the guitarist. Yeah. yeah, he's the other guitarist. But yeah, he's pretty funny. So anyways, they have the fight
0: and then it ends up right here.
3: I am a golden god! Yeah! you can tell Rolling Stone Magazine that my last words were, (laughs) I'm on drugs.
2: (laughs) Russell, I think we should work on those last words. Okay. Oh, I I I got it.
3: I got it. I got it. I got it i got it i got it this is better last words
2: i dig music
1: you <laughs> <laughs> don't like that as much
3: i'm on drugs
1: i dig music
0: he does dig music i was trying to find i thought there was something that i had in regards to that scene of who it was based off of
1: it was based off of a member of the allman brothers
0: see i thought i read something that it's something that robert plant from led zeppelin said
1: i read that Dwayne allman did Mm -hmm. it
0: that um
1: allman i'm gonna put in almost famous and see um if it's true let's see Well, and this is what's kind of fun about this movie is that, okay, it's been 20 years and at its 10 year anniversary, there were certain articles about it at the 15 year anniversary. And there's always like little differences in how Cameron Crowe talks about it. And I don't know if that's because he's speaking more honestly or if he's forgetting or if it is truly just... He doesn't, you know, it's just a, that amalgam word Mm -hmm. again, where everything is just kind of mushed together and then he's not sure where it came from. Right. Um, Or if it, you know, doesn't, if, if it's all made up, who knows?
0: Who knows? Um, So there's, uh, upon research, there's, I've realized now that um, deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. Yes. Because they suck. Usually they suck. Like it
1: doesn't f- contribute well, much. There's a bunch of reasons. Deleted scenes because it's a movie's too long. Yes. Or because you like. It's expendable. You don't get permission for a song or something oh, like no. that. No, I
0: think it's mostly like there's this one. It's, it's called Almost Famous Deleted Happy Birthday Scene. Okay. And I'm going to play a little bit of it if I can find out where it starts. <clears throat> 35 to 113. So this is a birthday scene for Penny Lane. So the band's around. Everybody's around. It's about 45 seconds. So she's
1: turning 17? Yeah,
0: I guess she's turning 17. So now this is Russell after they just sang happy birthday to her. What
1: point of the movie is this? I don't know because it's deleted. Oh, you're right.
3: Penny, our friend, has gained another year. But long ago, she threw it in gear. She rocked the South, the East, the West. Could we please get off this endless tour where we're Black Sabbath's fucking (coughs) special (laughs) guests? She says she's retired, but we've heard that before. She chose us. In Penny Lane, we trust. She is a fan of this band. Much more so than us.
0: So they're like, just showering her with love
1: i was gonna say and then they trade her to humble yeah, pie it doesn't like but see that's the setup for it i think that that's really interesting because that is them showering her with love but and then, then they, they piss on her they later piss on her. that i think that's the whole point
0: yeah i just i never quite understood the whole um they traded her yeah they traded her for case of beer yeah what kind of beer?
1: What kind of beer? Um, now, what I just said before about a song, yeah. they cut a scene from this movie because they couldn't get the rights to Stairway to Heaven. I have that scene. Really?
0: Yes. And it's its an eight-minute scene, and they play the whole song. So I'm How? obviously not going to play that. Okay. But it, it's, um, William is there, they're at William's house yeah. before he goes on tour okay. with the band, okay, and they're trying to convince William's mother to let him go on
1: tour. And who's they is trying to convince?
0: It's Penny's boyfriend. Is in the room. Oh, so
1: he already knows. No, no, Penny. not Penny. Not okay. Penny's boyfriend. Anita.
0: Anita's boyfriend. Okay, and then like some like school counselor person or whatever. Oh my God, how interesting! Right. So let me just see if I can find this. Okay. So they're sitting there listening to this in the room, and everybody's just, I don't get it.
1: So they're trying to convince his mom that she can Yeah, he
0: says something like, this is why. He just plays Stairway. And I thought there was dialogue, so I screwed something up. So,
1: okay, I want to make a comment about that, though. Because there is a point when Anita, when she's leaving with her boyfriend, when she turns 18, she gives him an album. Yeah. uh, Simon and Garfunkel, and then says, Play this song. This is why I'm going. This is why I'm leaving.
0: But then, but she also says something like, um, Look under your bed.
1: Right. And she said, Light a candle. Light a candle and listen
0: to Tommy. That's not what you're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. That's
1: after that. Okay. She basically, what my point is, is that she did kind of live. Through lyrics, right. Meaning, like poetry. this song tells that's, my story,
0: right. That's her poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's most of our poetry, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one, and then there's one other deleted scene. Okay. Once again, that does not really. There's they're in uh, a radio studio interview. Okay. Okay.
1: How'd y'all get together?
0: So that's the radio DJ guy interviewing.
1: And who's he interviewing? The
0: band. The band, okay. And Russell and uh, Jeff Beebe okay. are the ones with the mics, and the other two are just kind of in the back. behind, okay. Well, not to get into a me thing, but I did start the band some time actually ago, and I placed
2: an ad in a magazine called Peaches, and Russell Hammond answered. Peaches. I think it was a gift from God, actually. Nobody plays like Russell
3: Hammond. Ah, oh, shit, man. Thank you. might want to hit that delay button there Quincy so
0: now the the DJ is so doped up he's falling asleep oh Quince (laughs) so now they're Russell's about to say
3: something now we're talking right right Why the fuck do you have to wait till an interview in Arizona to say something nice about me, man? Uh, Why don't you say it to my fucking face sometimes? Because I tell you every time I think you
2: nailed something. Everybody pays you compliments. It's not my
3: fucking job to kiss your fucking ass.
2: Seriously, then whose fucking job is it? Because my ass is dying for a kiss, man, and I know yours is,
3: too. Ugh. It's uh, my fucking job, and I think you're all geniuses, and I'd just like to say to the folks out there, I'd like to leave you this thought smegma. My- <laughs> right.
0: That was the manager. So I think because the DJ is falling asleep, they're yeah. just dropping F-bombs to screw up his radio interview. Right,
1: for sure. And that scene, that's an interesting scene because that is, th- like, okay, probably one of the most important scenes in the movie, and it's like two seconds long. Mm-hmm is at the end during Tangerine mm. when you see them on stage mm-hmm. and Russell gives Jeff a kiss Yeah, they, because you know that they're going to be okay. They're going to be Like okay. they're going to be all right. And they just had that big fight on the plane. Mm. They had the whole bus thing. Um, that scene was obviously filmed, even right. though it's not in the movie, but it's setting the tone is that you're not sure yeah. when the article comes out. Is Stillwater going to be together? That's right. the name of the band in the movie. And they it's just like a two second thing it's so funny how filmmakers understand that Mm -hmm. or maybe that's the magical part that they don't understand that but it plays such a huge role for us as the observer Mm -hmm. um because i remember that scene the first time i watched it being like oh they're gonna be okay yeah and this is being in a band like it's a family like you two has talked about how you two the band um talks about how impossible it is for a band to stay together because you have all these talented people and there's so many
0: egos egos variables that you have to navigate
1: families you know choosing different paths for their life you know girlfriends wives um i don't know how people do it for an extended period of time it really is rare
0: right well, and U2 is the exception, or R.E.M. was together for 30 years. Yeah. and
1: But they they lost members along the way. Peter Buck? Yeah, he left he before the they were done. Was he the
0: drummer or the guitar player? Um,
1: I think he was the... Dr- no, no, I
0: think he was a, he guitar, was a player. guitar player. He was a guitar player, yeah.
1: yes. And they said they would never continue unless they were all together and yeah. they'd continue. But these are the things, like... The Eagles said they would never tour again, and... Hell froze over. over. yeah. So, these things happen. There's
0: one more deleted scene. Are these nah. interesting now? Not okay. really. Yeah, there's another one that's kind of dumb. So, I yeah. just... For movies that I've seen over and over again, it's fun to just to see anything that is new.
1: But right. Well, because it. it's fun character development. Right. Like, you didn't right. you see them kinda, before. Right, exactly. So, can we talk about a few random people who are in this movie? Please. So... And I actually have a question with this one. So Jimmy Fallon has a role. Yes. He ends up being their manager, the one who basically helps them get more tour dates. He gets them a a plane Mm -hmm. and kind of makes them bigger. Yep. um, Because he basically tells them, because of you driving your bus through the fence after Russell gets electrocuted, he said, you're going to not make any money on this tour because you're going to get your butt sued. Right. So he helps them recoup that money. And they, their good friend is their tour manager, the other guy with the hat.
0: Russell's friend.
1: Russell's friend. But he stays on tour with
0: yeah, them. Yeah, it's just what he says is your manager needs a manager.
1: Okay. So he doesn't get fired or anything.
0: No, nope, he stays on board.
1: Okay, so Jimmy Fallon's in it. Uh, um, you want to hear
0: a little Jimmy Fallon? Sure.
3: We'll send him in. Yeah, bring him in. We'll send him out on a rail. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hey, we'll just finish the interview in, uh, Maryland. You can fly home from Maryland, all right? Hi. 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 Hey, we've already got a manager, man. He's been with us from the beginning. Respectfully. We all have our roots. I believe in bands holding on to their roots. Those roots need to be augmented. Your manager here needs a manager. Example, if you hadn't run out in your contract in Phoenix, we could have sued over Russell's hand. But you left... Negating the contract, forfeiting the deposit, you effectively traveled the long way to pay that promoter to electrocute you.
0: I don't think Jimmy Fallon does a particularly good job of acting in this scene.
1: He's kind of unrecognizable in this yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, he disappears a little bit.
1: Um, so um, he's in this, mm-hmm. and then Anna Paquin's in this Who's movie. Anna so Anna Paquin is, um, she won an Academy Award when she was little. Wow. Um, I think she might be the youngest. Girl to have won a uh, female to have won she an Academy played Award.
0: Alexia Aphrodisia.
1: Yeah, great name, right? Um, she won an Academy Award for the piano. Oh, wow. uh, Best supporting actress at the age of 11, wow. making her the second youngest winner. And I think the other one is Tatum O'Neill.
0: Yeah, Paper Moon.
1: I think so. And we talked about that on some show. Because Paper talk- Moon? We talked about how her dad was mad at her, Ryan O'Neill. Yeah because she won yeah,
0: yeah, for yeah, paper yeah. moon
1: and yeah. he was angry jealous
0: dad <laughs> yikes
1: um so who else do i want to talk about in this movie um what's his name
0: mark maron is in this movie sweetie really yes
1: mark he's Marin? the guy
0: who says close the
1: gates oh really yeah Int- oh my gosh it's so funny he just popped up here mm-hmm. um there is also... Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. And he's interesting because... I thought he was playing Hunter S. Thompson. So did I. And he's not. Oh.
0: He's playing some other person.
1: Because why would Hunter S. Thompson be hanging out at the Rolling Stones? he's a Stone- Stones writer. Oh, he was a writer. Yeah. But, and then there's a point when the guy who plays um, Ben Fong Torres, yeah. when he actually says we already have one Hunter Thompson mm. already.
0: It says Mitch Hedberg is in this movie as the Eagles road manager.
1: Why do I know Mitch Hedberg? He's
0: the funny stand-up comedian.
1: Oh, my God. He is
0: funny. He's...
1: He's kind of our sense of humor, you and I. Why is he... I mean, I I know he's other people's sense of humor, too, but Mm -hmm. why do we think he's funny?
0: Um, Because he is. This is a piece of... So uh, Mitch Hedberg is a stand-up comedian who died of a drug overdose, and he's just really funny, and this is his take on sandwiches, or at least...
3: They say the recipe for Sprite is lemon and lime, but I try to make it at home. There's more to it than they actually do. <laughs> Want some more homemade Sprite? Not till you figure out what the fuck else is in it. <laughs> I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans. Cause maybe they're just as good and we're wasting time. <laughs> you don't have to fry them again after all. I the club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. I, I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club there. <laughs> okay, but we need some more stipulations. Yes, we do. Instead of cutting the sandwich once, let's cut it again. Yes, <laughs> four triangles. And we will position them into a circle. And in the middle, we will dump chips. Or a potato salad. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about frilly toothpicks? I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this club is formed. <laughs> oh, he's so good. So, he's so good.
1: Not every, Here's why I like him. First of all, he has a rhythm to the way he talks. He has something yeah, that he does. He's got does some cadence. That nobody else does. Yeah. And not every joke is funny. No. But he keeps going. Yeah. You don't ever get... Yeah. Tired. No. And you know, Todd, I used to love club sandwiches. So I was proud I. of that club. And then
0: I stopped eating meat. And now Same. I can't have club sandwiches.
1: I know. You know what we should do is mm. have a club sandwich, but like put more cheese and like slices of avocado yeah.
0: or something we'll make our own club sandwich
1: yes we'll have a new club yeah the non-club the club.
0: non-meat club so sandwich
1: so one more thing before because i was talking about anna paquin and yeah. i was talking about the piano but she was also in true blood remember true blood i
0: know i've never i did watched that movie but yes i know it yeah so anyway so uh, let's go to some random trivia okay um In 2001, Crowe told Entertainment Weekly why Almost Almost Famous failed to capture a big box office. Why? Our movie about 1973 got its ass kicked by a movie from 1973, he said, referring to the re-release of The Exorcist. With I the release know. of two different DVDs in 2001, including oh, whatever. But these.
1: that's not why. I mean, you can have two movies out at one time that are making money.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Penny Lane asks William if he'd like to go to Morocco with her. He says, yes. Ask me again. According to Cameron Crowe, ask me again, was Patrick Fugit, the actor, stepping out of character and asking Kate Hudson to repeat her lines for another take? Crow-, Crow liked the take as it was and kept it in the final cut.
1: Yes, I remember that. It's a
0: sweet accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, most films have music budgets of less than $1.5 This film featured over 50 songs with a music budget of $3.5 When you think of movies with big music budgets, can, does anything else come to your brain? Forrest Gump. That's exactly what I thought. Oh,
1: my God. The reason why Forrest Gump comes into my mind is because they play like 10 seconds of a really big song. Yeah. And then they go into another really big song right. That whole scene from him in the war Through like the ping pong mm-hmm. Like every There's a
0: lot of doors in that oh too Oh my
1: god, a lot of doors And always Todd, always CCR Yeah Anytime there's a Vietnam movie mm-hmm. uh, Fortunate Son mm-hmm. It's just probably the most Do you
0: like um, CCR, no. sweetie? No, Do you like uh, Fogarty? No Are you sure?
1: Yes, I'm very sure <laughs> can you not like this
0: I think these are the only. these guys chose not to play together when they got inducted in the rock, rock and roll hall wow.
1: of because they were bad
0: blood
3: so yeah
0: Um, Okay, so that's uh, Fogarty. Don't know how we got on him.
1: Well, because we were talking about that song is in every Vietnam movie. For
0: sure. Uh, At the party, Russell Hammond cries out, I am a golden god when he's on acid. That is a reference to Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, who is purported to have said the same thing sober while looking over Sunset Strip from a hotel balcony. Okay, you win that one. Um, Russell Crowe says he got Billy Crudup's line, Well, yeah, on my better days, I am Russell from Stillwater.
1: Yes, I know that one.
0: Directly from John Cusack's response to a girl in a bar who asked, Aren't you Lloyd Dobler? His character in Say Anything.
1: You and I talked about that during when we talked about Say Anything. It's possible. Because that's who everybody, if you are having your best day, how do I want to say this? There's no way that John Cusack is like Lloyd Dobler. No, but I bet you
0: there's a lot of John Cusack in Lloyd Dobler.
1: There is, even though, Todd, on Twitter, He's interesting.
0: Is he not nice? He's well, very opinionated. He doesn't give a shit about what people yeah, think of him. Um,
1: yeah. And I, and I appreciate being vocal about things that are important. Because sure. I don't necessarily disagree with a, everything he's saying. It's just he kind of, I kind of feel like if we're going to speak to something that maybe we can do it in a non-oppressive way yeah. to demonstrate how we can speak to each other. Does that make sense? Like, we sometimes say...
0: Can we be respectful as we disagree? Correct, correct. Uh, The old records William looks through at the beginning are actually Cameron Crowe's, saved from his younger years. Yeah. According to Cameron Crowe, he sent the script around town to see if he can get anyone to respond to it. Steven Spielberg, founder of DreamWorks, read Crowe's 172-page script over the weekend and called Crowe on Monday saying, Direct every word. Crowe said he filmed almost all of the script. Huh. So, some words of wisdom from a guy named Steven Spielberg. Uh,
1: Yeah, that guy. Um, so, but Cameron Crowe's first movie that he directed was Say Anything, right? Uh,
0: I believe that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. What about, um, The Sure Thing? Or is that, is that not Cameron Crowe? That was not him. That That was was John Cusack. That was John Cusack. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, let's see. When the tour plane hits turbulence, Russell starts to sing Peggy Sue. A reference to Buddy yes. Body Holly who died in a plane crash while on tour. Russell then continues, whoa, baby, a reference to the Big Bopper who died in the same crash. Yes. I didn't pick up on that, did you?
1: Well, you know what? I He did start singing Peggy Sue because everybody started laughing. Oh, really? Yeah, because at first they That's just pretty did, funny. They went bang and like hit turbulence, yeah. but then it kind of mellowed out. And so he started singing and they laughed, but then it got really bad.
0: Um, can I play just a few more seconds of the plane?
1: Sure, go ahead. Down?
0: I, I just think it's a—, a Impactful scene in the movie.
2: You used her and threw her away. She almost died last night while you were with Bob Dylan. You guys are always talking about the fans, the fans, the fans. She was your biggest fan, and you threw her away. And if you can't see that, that's your biggest problem. And I love her. I love her.
0: That's a really good um, realistic view of a plane having significant turbulence. Isn't it scary? Uh, what do you mean? The
1: sounds? I Just don't understand. You can't see it. Looking at it,
0: getting uh, jarred around. God, we're
1: alive? Well, we're alive, we're gonna I, I have never been on a little plane like that in that bad of turbulence. Have yeah. you? Uh Yeah. In that bad of turbulence? I mean, turbulence? not that
0: bad, but it was pretty bad. And turbulence in a little plane is pretty disruptive. So
1: where where were you going?
0: Flying to Des Moines or flying home from Des Moines?
1: And there was that bad of turbulence?
0: Yeah, like you just it just drops. It's just like a little vessel. It's just it's just weird.
1: Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that, Todd.
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: I mean, turbulence on a big plane is rough for me. Yeah, even though I've gotten better.
0: Uh, Penny Lane dancing in the empty debris-strewn Cleveland. Auditorium is Cameron Crowe's favorite scene in the movie. It's funny. Why I love they, that
1: scene. Why? Well, that like why is
0: this in the movie?
1: Because there's a song playing at the time. Mm-hmm. I think uh, isn't it another uh, Elton John song? I don't know. Uh, Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but anyway, it's. I think that's an inner world scene of Penny Lane having an appreciation yeah. of, for the music. There were. It's a room that had the band in it, yeah. and now it's empty. Yeah. And it's just, she's, yeah, I I think it's a good moment. Yeah.
0: Um, A real musician, Les Harvey, guitarist for the Stone, the Crows, was actually killed by grabbing a microphone that was not grounded in 1972. Ooh, that's
1: a scene. I think that's where, that's kind of the first. okay, Okay. So this movie, I think part of the reason my girls didn't love it is it's kind of one of those movies where unless you're interested in music, not a lot happens. Yeah. If you like music and you like behind the scenes right then you're enjoying everything especially if you're from generation x or you know a little older right um but i think for my girls they like music but it didn't really nothing happened until he got electrocuted right because that's a moment that's a shift
0: um you know that part where they all huddle up and they bring in william before the show they huddle up and they're like yeah i like that Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron Crow's character is pulled into the pre-performance huddle. The scene is based on an occasion when Eddie Vedder pulled Crow into Pearl Jam's huddle before performing one of Lollapalooza's shows. Oh,
1: that's cool. If that's, then,
0: if that's true, that's pretty awesome. And
1: then William is basically pulled into their huddle from then on. Because they have oh, a few he? scenes where he... Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And
0: how did... Yeah, they certainly took to him quite a bit. William. They just liked him, Well, them, he's a
1: sweet kid.
0: He is a sweet kid.
1: And they... And there's a lot being said in that because William likes them, mm-hmm. Lester tells William, do not become friends with them because you've got to write honestly. Yeah. And they want him
0: to like them because I think so,
1: doesn't Lester say they're gonna offer you friendship. Yeah, for sure. As a trade off. Yeah.
0: So actually Lester does have some wisdom and that's but is is Stillwater uh-huh. doing this intentionally so they write pieces to make them look cool?
1: Just make us look cool, man.
0: That's it. And the girls are and the girls are awesome, whatever. Um, so the one character in the movie who barely has any lines, it's that little kid yeah. who likes Led Zeppelin. Yeah. He's just annoying to yeah. me.
1: He seemed like a good caricature of somebody who follows a band around, though. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that while we were watching the movie. I think we were like while we were watching the movie, we were with our girls and our lives are so consumed by parenting, right? and it seems unfathomable to be like have no job follow a band around some people listening probably followed the dead or sure. probably followed fish if sure. you're in gen x you probably had that experience and think back to that mm. like think back to a time when you could choose to follow a band i
0: never did that
1: i didn't either seems exhausting but we could have sure in our 20s yeah you I know had what friends i mean that
0: did exactly fish so how did
1: they make money?
0: Well, I think this is how we get our reputation as being spoiled little brats. Probably, you know, either got it from her parents or maybe they worked the other six months of the year. I don't know.
1: Maybe sold T-shirts in the parking lot. Yeah. Do you know occasionally when the dead would come to Chicago, I wouldn't go into the show, but I would hang out in the yeah, parking I think lot. a lot of people do they, that. There's kind of a show in the parking For lot. For
0: sure. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, at the Continental House, Vic, the Led Zeppelin fans, T-shirt has songs, lyrics on it. The front says to be a rock and not to roll from Stairway to Heaven. The back says, have you seen the bridge from the crunch? I don't know what the crunch is, but maybe that's a Led Zeppelin song. Um, John Favreau and Jack Black both auditioned for the role of Lester Bangs. Interesting. None of them could have done what uh, Philip Seymour did, right? No, he was perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all the interesting stuff I have. All right. Any last things before I let Tiny Dancer take us out?
1: Um, well, I, I would say that this movie, I think, has become more classic with time. I think that it is a reflection of, uh, and I'm sure everybody could bring up other rock and roll movies mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of carry a similar vibe. Maybe like A Dazed and Confused sure. or, you know, just movies that were <laughs> 70s, 80s, and how important music was and how people would say rock and roll was dead mm. when rock and roll was in its, like, to me, it, it was in its heyday. Um, and that. I th- I think that's why I like it more every time I watch it because it reminds me of that time. You didn't talk about Led Zeppelin 4? Um, I did not. So what do you want to say? I don't remember. You were going to you said we're going to talk later about Led Zeppelin 4.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. It's in my notes that have since been shuffled around.
1: All right. Well, let's just say that this ages well to me. I mean, there's parts of it that don't obviously, but I have a better appreciation for it than I did the first time. I love it.
0: Almost everything Cameron Crowe does is good. Yeah,
1: he's kind of like a John Hughes.
0: Um, And then this podcast is brought to you by Zen Parenting Radio. What is Zen Parenting Radio? It
1: is. uh, Zen Parenting Radio is our flagship uh, podcast. We've been doing it for about nine years. Um, It's about self awareness, mindfulness, um, and being your best self for yourself. And your children.
0: So, subscribe to Zen Parenting. We'd love to see you over on that podcast too. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. If you want us to do any movie, uh, just shoot us something on Facebook and we'll consider it.
3: Oh, of
2: I have to go home.
3: Count the headlights on the You are home.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast, where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app.
0: Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets.
1: Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: If you ever shop via Amazon you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the support us link on our homepage it doesn't cost anything to you but we get a small commission from Amazon and guys I have a one-on-one coaching practice it's called coaching for guys if you want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones we can talk in person phone FaceTime you choose and don't forget about tribe men's group we have a virtual community from men all over the world head on over to the TribeMen'sGroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty. The company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking.